Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of In The Zone. My name is Anthony Pinello, joined as always by Giancarlo Alino, Chris Martelli. Boys, we're going to be kicking this off with one of the worst teams in the fucking league, but we don't care about that because it's one of those players on that team, and it's Jonas Valanciunas, who had a career game against the second best team in the league now, the Golden State Warriors, dropping 39 points, going 7 for 7 from 3. Alino, watching this for the first time, what the fuck was going through your mind? Oh, I have him in fantasy. That's what was, was it going the, through Was my it mind. the Warriors or was it the Clippies? Oh, was it was it? the Clippers. Oh yeah, Clippers. I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of the record he's tied with with Steph. Oh <laughs> man, oh man, we got a lot going on. But yeah, oh shit, I just forgot about that. Yeah, that's uh, something you never would think you'd hear in your life. A seven foot guy like Jonas Valanciunas holding a record with Steph. But we're here. Uh, that was an amazing game. I was watching it. I looked at the stats, and uh, I know you guys. When you see on fantasy those notifications when a guy's having a good night, like reaching 15 rebounds. I got one that said Jonas Valanciunas has 30 points and I go turn it on the TV and there's still a lot of game left to be played. And I was surprised. And I was thinking, is he going to get 40? Come on, JV, five more baskets. He got the 39, but solid game again. This guy's rolling. And when Zion comes back, if they're like within reach there of getting a wild card, I think this seems going to be dangerous. Yeah. Not a lot to add there. Uh, First of all, looking at this guy right here, he's not 6'11". There's no fucking way. He's definitely taller than that. Second of all, this guy got seven threes. This guy, back when I used to go to Raptor games, if this guy went to the three-point line, we used to die of laughter. So the fact that he got seven threes in a matter of, what, two minutes? Not even. The second quarter, I think he absolutely went off. But – uh JV, I, I there's so many surprises this year. He's one of those guys. I mean, like, holy fuck. Like, 39 points for Jonas Valachunas on a team that he should be the fifth, fourth option. Now, I'm going to say this, and you guys are going to laugh. He was traded straight up for Steven Adams. Straight up. You think about that now. What the hell was Memphis thinking? I don't know if they just wanted to give Jaron Jackson the ball more, give him the five. I don't know, but that trade, man, it's looking laughable right now. And when Zion comes back, I think the Pelicans are right there. A lot of people are already bashing Zion, saying uh, he's not going to be a good, uh, he's not going to be a good franchise piece with this weight problem. But uh, I'm not worried about the Pelicans. I think Ingram, like uh, Pinello mentioned before, we went live. He's been rolling, and then of course he got injured. Devonte Graham's another guard that. He could get you 40 points on those off nights. So, Alino, you said it best. When Zion comes back, if they're in the 9, 10, 11 spot, I would be worried if I'm one of the top teams in the Western Conference, like Golden State, like the Clippers, like, you know, those teams, like Dallas, like like some of those teams that are going to probably be in the playoffs. But, man, what I saw from JV, I never thought I would see it. He's an absolute beauty. He's been killing it with the Pelicans, and I'm glad that um, – it's it's working out on a team because in Memphis I could see that it was kind of he wasn't being used to his full potential and now with Zion now you could see the true potential of JV and finally looking like a fifth overall pick so good on JV what a game hey, it was um some of the shots he was hitting too though like mm-hmm. I know he went off from three 
but like he was backing down and hitting fadeaway jump shots. Like he did not look like himself. He's looking so much more confident. I think he's only what, 29, 30 years old now. So he's right in the middle of his fucking prime. Um, him and Ingram are awesome together. I don't really expect them to climb the standings or do much, but like, does anyone know an update on Zion? I know he was uh, doing basketball activities a couple days ago, four on four, like little scrimmage drills. I don't know how far off he is to a return, but um, I still think even when Zion comes back, you got to give JV the ball. Like you got to try and spread it out. Maybe a guy like Graham takes a hit, maybe a Josh Hart, a, a Nikhil Alexander Walker, but not JV, man. What we've seen this year from JV, he's a bonafide probably I don't think he's a top 10 center, but he's right there. And uh, I mean, if Zion does come back and screws up, you know, JV's production, that's just flat out going to be disappointing. But for now you got to love every minute of it with JV. He's been absolutely incredible. I love it. Another thing I got to add to, with this Pelican team is Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Because this is a guy that I didn't think would be this good, at least for production-wise. I thought he would maybe average 9 to, like, 12, and he's averaging almost 17. I think he's dropped 20, like, five times. So I guess I'll ask that. You guys uh, you guys believe in Nikhil Alexander-Walker, or do you think uh, he's kind of, it's kind of more like a flash in the pan? Take it, buddy. It's a tough one because he's playing well. It's just we need to see more. So if he can be more consistent, we'll see maybe halfway through the season where he is. But I hope it's not a flash in the pan. And I think he has a lot of potential, but uh, it's just going to come down to consistency and a little bit more time. But it's looking promising right now. Yo, I fucking love it. This is the opportunity he needed. He's playing on an ass team. And I'm not Zion being out right now is the best thing to happen, honestly, for everyone. So, yeah, Nikhil Alexander Walker's a baller. Do you think he's more uh, valuable to this franchise than a Josh Hart? I would say so. That's a close one. I think Josh Hart, I could see him going to a few teams, not going to lie. Yeah. But I think, sure. uh, yeah, for the future, they would hold on to him. I mean, I, I hope so because <laughs> they got rid of Lonzo and Graham. I mean, we, we love Graham. I think he's a great scorer, but that's about it. He's got to improve in a lot of other areas where Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he's looking like he's improving his defensive game quite quickly. You know, uh, Shea Gill just, I don't know if they're brothers or cousins, but uh, they're, uh, I guess he's learning from his uh, good old cousin Shea there. And another guy that I want to bring up, because, uh, like, we start from good. I want to just kind of go to the bad now. What's going on with Blake Griffin and Kemba Walker? Because both of them are now out of their respected rotations. <laughs> they were both former All-Stars. So, I guess I'll start with, with Pinello. Like what, when you first saw that, what did you initially think? Uh, okay, with Kemba Walker, I thought he was just going to kind of pick up where he left off, honestly. I think I said that on the pod. I was excited for the Knicks. I'm not really – I know everyone's crazy about them, thinking they're going to finish top five, six. I'm not on that bandwagon. But at the same time, I loved Kemba, and I thought it was a great addition to their team. So seeing him only average 
like fucking 10, 11 points, not really be a factor out of the rotation kind of in the starting lineup. Like it's throwing me off. I don't really know what to think of that one. Yeah. Former is a key word there. (laughs) I don't know what happened to them, but they're not what they used to be. And it's unfortunate because Blake Griffin, when he was on the Clippers, that's a guy that you can see as being maybe one of the best in the league. And, it just fell off injury after injury. Goes to Detroit, same thing. It looked promising at first. And then when he goes to Brooklyn, he played fine playing the center at times, but now it's just really completely fallen off. And the good thing for them, they have LaMarcus Aldridge playing again. Uh, hey. So like he's producing, and they're hoping that Griffin was doing that too. So it's unfortunate. Yeah, I'm. I mean, for me, the biggest surprise is probably Kemba over Blake because Blake, again, like you mentioned, the injuries are there. Lamarcus Aldridge has come back from basically a career-ending heart condition, and he's outplayed Blake Griffin by a large margin. Um, but Kemba Walker, to me, that's a big question mark. I mean, Quickly's good. He showed glimpses last year that he could potentially be the rookie of the year. But he wasn't consistent enough. And then they went out and they got Kemba Walker. And they still have Derrick Rose. So a part of me is kind of not surprised. Because Derrick Rose has been balling. And quickly is that type of guy where you either put him in the lineup with significant minutes. Like 25 plus or you barely play him. And it's looking like Tom Thibodeau has been rolling with quickly since he got to the team last year. And, I mean, I don't know what Kemba Walker's contract is. I don't know if it's $20 million. I don't know if it's ten. I don't know if it's a veteran minimum. I have no idea. But the last game he played, he had 17 points. And then the game after that, they basically said, yeah, you know what? You're out of the rotation for now. So <laughs> I don't know if it's the play because the play, yeah, he's only averaging about 11 points. But to get scratched out of the rotation after dropping 17 points – I feel like we need to kind of dive into it a little more. I feel like maybe there's some animosity between him and Tom Thibodeau. What do you guys think on that? Do you think it's strictly his play, or do you think there's maybe something behind the behind the scenes? Do you think there could possibly be an injury, or is that out of the question? I, I mean, I'm not too sure. I haven't really watched a lot of Knicks games this year, but the last two years of Kemba's career has definitely not gone – the way that me and you definitely thought it would go. So maybe it is an injury. Maybe it is a nagging injury. I'm not sure. But as of right now, he's probably the biggest disappointment of the year. But um, the guy right beside him, Chris, I want to ask you specifically because you fucking love this player, RJ Barrett. When he goes cold, I don't fucking notice him at all. What's going on with this guy? Man, the Knicks, everyone goes cold at the same time. It's it's his confidence, man. There's there's games where he will absolutely outbody the other shooting guard and he'll get 35 points and then there's other games where he tries to force the 3 too much and it doesn't go down and I guess he's still in that kind of premature state of mind where he feels that he can just continuously take the 3 and it won't like hamper his team, but yeah, it's gone to that point where I think the last month he's only averaged just over like 11 points a game, which is absolutely terrible. Worst case scenario for RJ Barrett, but there's always brighter days ahead. I think um, 
Another thing too, Pinello, with with a guy like R.J. Barrett that we haven't seen yet is competition, because he came right in the league and he was immediately the starter. And now you have guys like Evan Fournier, Obi Toppin. Now they they moved him to the three. Like there's guys breathing down his neck for 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 minutes, and I feel like he's slowly uh, he's taking that and it's going in his head, and maybe it's just not working out there. But now nah, R.J. Barrett to me is way too good. Again, maybe this is me being biased, but I think he's way too good to be putting up the number he's, he's putting up right now. Um, I think just give it a little bit of time. I think uh, another guy, too, that – you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna ask this to uh, Pinello. Do you think maybe his numbers are down because of Julius Randle? Because I look at a guy like Julius Randle, and, yeah, he's stuffing the stat sheet. He's getting, like, 25, 10, and 6, but – there's games where I look at this guy and he's too ball dominant. Do you think a guy like RJ Barrett should maybe carry the ball a little more? It's possible. I do see that with Randall, but um, at the same time, when the Knicks finish with a hundred and plus points and RJ Barrett goes like five for 18 shooting, there's not much I can do to defend him. Cause like, he's one of those guys when his shot isn't falling, like you don't really notice him a whole lot. So, it's like Westbrook. Yeah. Kind of. <laughs> It's weird too, because Fournier's going off, and RJ and um, and Randall's the main piece there. So like, you'd think RJ would get in there a little bit more. Maybe he should be a little more aggressive up there. But I still think he'll he'll average around twenty. He'll he'll be up there in boards for his position. Um, yeah, it's, it's coming in waves right now for RJ. Good Canadian kid. Well, it's it's interesting too because a lot of people thought that Fournier would be the guy to kind of take the. The, the dip in production, but he's, man, he's been steady. He's been averaging about 13, 14 coming off the bench. He'll get you about three threes a game. And I mean, I don't want to blame Derek Rose either for RJ Barrett, not performing, but I think dude, at the end of the day, he's not getting the ball enough. And when he does get the ball, he's catching and shooting it way too much. And he's not Bradley Beal. That's not that's not his game. RJ Barrett's game is similar to, to Demar Derozan. Now, is he going to ever be at Demar Derozan's level? Probably in his at his peak, probably. But as of right now, hell no. So RJ Barrett needs the ball more, and he needs to be more aggressive because what I'm seeing from him, man, it's the typical the the typical two three guard gets the ball when he's not confident, just catch and shoot, and that's all he's been doing and. Like you say, it's hard to defend a guy when you could like go five for eighteen in four straight games. So, I, again, a guy like RJ Barrett, I'm not too worried because we have seen these cold streaks before. But we should be worried with the amount of cold streaks he's had in his career so far. Yeah. Um, you know what? Since we're on New York right now, just kind of want to jump ship real quick over to Brooklyn, just because we were talking about Blake Griffin before. Uh, what do we think about their championship uh, chances so far? Because to me, they're lighting up the league and they're still on pace to, to have a pretty sweet run, even without Kyrie Irving. So, uh, Chris, you, you got your boy KD in fantasy as well. <laughs> you want to kick this off? What do we think about the Brooklyn Nets and what they're doing? I mean, there's not a lot of flaws there. Even their bench has kind of been solid. Like, I, I love guys like Bempry, you know, uh, leaving Toronto and then going there. He's been pretty solid. Patty Mills, 
Another guy I never thought he would leave San Antonio goes to Brooklyn. He loves those black. He loves the black and white jerseys, Patty Mills. So he's been great. Um, You know, you have Paul Millsap, James Johnson, Bruce Brown. Like these guys are, they're barely playing. They're playing about 20 minutes, but when they're out there, they're, they're making their presence known, especially a guy like a Paul, a Paul Millsap after coming off that $35 million contract per year, he's definitely motivated, but yeah, like you mentioned, Kevin Durant, um, he's been averaging about what, 29, six or 29, seven and six. Like <laughs> the guy's a freak. He's never going to disappoint you. He's shooting about 40% from three, very close to a 50, 40, 90. But for me, the most impressive stat as of late is James Harden finally finding his scoring touch again. Cause last year he averaged about 19, like since going to Brooklyn and now all of a sudden, man, it's creeping back up to 26, 27 points a game. So if James Harden can continue to do that, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them in the finals. Would you be surprised if, uh, like, let's say the Lakers, what their situation is, and uh, looking at those guys that they coexist, if next year we don't see Russell Westbrook rejoin with KD and James Harden? <laughs> I knew that was coming, too. <laughs> I mean, anything's possible with our boy Russell Westbrook because this guy is just jumping teams like it's his job. I mean, I love Westbrook. When I've seen, when I've, because again, I got to be up early for work. I think I've watched like four games where they've all played, and Westbrook just hogs the ball, doesn't pass it, gets the rebound, steals a rebound from Melo, then Melo gets pissed off. And it's just, I don't want to blame Westbrook. I really don't. But there's some instances I look at the way he plays, and it's not going to work with guys like Dwight and Mello and THT out there. When THT is out there on the floor without LeBron, that guy's averaging 26 and, and like five. So they need to kind of ease it. <laughs> I know Westbrook's been ball dominant his whole career, but it's getting to that point where he's got to start kind of relaxing with the amount of the with his PER man it's just it's getting ridiculous now his usage rate has to go down if the Lakers want to be successful but yeah to answer your question Alino I do see him in Brooklyn next year because Kyrie (laughs) Irving's days as a Brooklyn net are over you heard it here first so uh yeah I just I wanted to bring up Brooklyn because even without Kyrie all year and James is being on and off KD's the fucking man. They're in first place. And every time I turn on ESPN, it's all the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry. I'm like, for fuck's sakes, man. Can we like can we move on to something? Like, holy shit. So yeah, give the Brooklyn Blame, some- blame Stephen A for that one. And of and of course, dude, you gotta you gotta give the hype train to Golden State. Clay Thompson hasn't even played a game yet. And they're in second place. And and the only reason they're in second place is because Phoenix is on a freaking 17 game winning streak. Jesus. And like fuck, like a year ago we were we were thinking these guys were definitely not contenders. Man, are we wrong about Phoenix? Jesus. Wait, so they the started better... off they started off one and three. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Paul's like, nah, this ain't happening. I resigned here four years. We're going on a run again. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I don't wanna I don't wanna discredit Phoenix, but there's no way they're this good. There's no way. There's no way they're this good. No way. I mean, it all started 
they're the best bubble team in history. And they went undefeated there. And then from there on out, they went, uh, I don't, did they win the conference or come in second? And I don't know. And then they went on that magical run. I see what you're so, saying. Yeah. I think, I think since that yeah. bubble, they have like a 70% winning percentage. So yeah. Yeah. But uh, I want to stick with your, with this fantasy thing. Cause the team right under the nets is, is Washington for some <laughs> fucking reason. <laughs> Leading point guard over there, your boy, Spencer Dinwiddie. So when are the Wizards going to fall off, or are they for real? <laughs> I mean, Kuzma's an all-star, no? Is he I don't not? I don't... It. It's Dinwiddie show over there. <laughs> yeah, you know how I feel about Kuzma. Uh, but Dinwiddie's been unreal. I, I still think to this day, if Brooklyn does not win a championship, it's completely because they got rid of Dinwiddie and Levert. Completely why. Because those two guys are guys that bring heart every game. They're guys that will help their franchise. We even saw through the lows, Dinwiddie was like, you know what? I'm here. I'm here for the long run. If they don't want me here, that's fine. Because I remember remember last year when Kyrie mentioned like four guys. And he's like, yeah, we need more. And Dinwiddie's like, hold on. Like, I'm, I'm basically a six-man of the year. Like, I'm pretty damn solid. Don't discredit me and what I've done. So I'm happy he left, went to Washington, and has been balling because, quite frankly, I, I mean, Alino, I don't know how you feel about Dinwiddie, but I'm absolutely not surprised. This guy, last three, four years, has been completely solid, spills the stats. Kind of, I, I don't want to compare him to Lonzo, but he's kind of similar when you look at fantasy outlook, except not on that level. But, I mean, Washington, they're going to fall off, obviously. I don't see them as a second seed, but, I mean, I can't believe I'm saying this. Guys like KCP, Harrell, and Kuzma have all found their mojo. And I don't know if that's because they won the chip. I don't know what the hell's going on. But good on those three specifically because I wrote them off <laughs> big time. So good on those three. Yeah, I think it's going to fall off in a big way. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, good for Beal. Like, he's having some success now. His uh, mental health is probably a lot better playing in the season, starting off in this uh, position, but I don't think it's going to stand. Maybe they'll fall down the seventh, but once all these other teams start rolling, and also Milwaukee uh, added Boogie Cousins to the mix, so he's uh, looking forward to a championship. Just uh, looks at some trolls online here, looking at what they're saying. Uh, one says, what round is Milwaukee going to be eliminated now that they signed Boogie Cousins? <laughs> Bunch of first bullies. round. <laughs> I think they've won eight in a row too. Shit. Yeah, Milwaukee's scary. I still think they're the best team in the East. Uh, I love you guys. All know how much I love Drew Holiday. He like last year he proved that he is that missing piece, that defensive, that perimeter defending top three in the league easily. Him, Marcus Smart, and someone else. I don't remember who, but those are the three that are the best perimeter D in the league. Giannis, we all know he's an he's an absolute freak. Um, Bobby Portis is playing like a starting five, which is hilarious. And uh, guys like Kevin, uh, that like Pat Connaughton, um, you know, DiVincenzo, I don't even think he's played at all this year. But those bench players have absolutely killed it this year. Like even guys like I think Grayson Allen is now on that team, and I'm pretty sure he's doing well. So, yeah, Milwaukee's for real. I still have them over Brooklyn. But, yeah. I do, I do like how you brought up how Kevin Durant has not been talked about nearly enough because he's been killing it every single game. And um, here's another guy I want to bring up because you brought up Washington. He used to play for Washington. John Wall. He's not playing. He's been benched by Houston. 
So which team is going to take them when they buy out that awful contract? Because if I'm the Raps, would you do it? <laughs> if I'm the probably not. I am probably man, not. Because, man, is out now. Come on. We need a point guard. Go get John Wall for $2 million. <laughs> man, I fucking love John Wall, and that would be sick. But I feel like if the Raps called him, he'd be like, you know what? I appreciate the offer, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going not elsewhere. going to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> You're out of your mind. You think I'm buying a fucking coat. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah Brooklyn. Brooklyn is where you would go. Kyrie Irving's out. They replace him with John Wall. Makes sense. Oh, my God, dude. That would be freaking hilarious. Like, if you told me four years ago that John Wall, James Harden, Kevin Durant, LaMarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin, all on the same team, I would say easy chip. Easy. And now – What year was that? Oh, that was like (laughs) 2014, 15. That probably would be like the best that they would be. But – I can't believe I'm saying this. Even if they get John Wall, it's probably not enough. <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, probably not enough. Because I'm going to pull the Stephen A. right here. Pinelli, you ready? Golden State is winning the championship this year. Because I remember four months ago when when Alino brought up, yeah, you know, Russell Westbrook goes to the Lakers. Is it safe to say they're winning the chip? And me opening my big fat mouth said, yeah, it's a chip. Nah. <laughs> nah, I changed my mind, man. Golden State, like Kaminga too. Holy shit, he's scary. I love Kaminga. I love Golden State. And, man, we got – like, let's just let's just call it how we see it. We got to keep number 77, Clay Thompson. We got to keep that. That has to be a thing. Him getting snubbed out the top 75 of all time, to me, is a complete joke. Come on. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Take it, buddy. No, no, yeah. Like, I agree. Like, I don't know how we got snubbed there. That made no sense. Like, no, but like, um, are you accepting that he keeps number 77, or do you think they're not going to allow that? I think it's uh, funny. Yeah, I should just keep it just for laughs. <laughs> just to sell more jerseys, make more money. But yeah, then next year, go back to his original number. Do you guys, uh, you seeing him practice right now? Last couple of weeks, been in the gym, looks 100%. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I don't I'm even fucking. Too. Oh, my God. Like, this, they don't even have Wiseman back yet. Oh, my God. Dude, do they win like 70 this... games at this point? Like, I mean, shit, they're on pace to. But, like, like, this team still has issues. That's the fucked up thing. <laughs> How? How do they have issues? They don't have Draymond Green is looking like 2016 Draymond. I I wrote this guy off two years ago. Still going. Oh, man. I got to just shut my mouth with with teams in the West. I just got to stop talking. What about uh, everyone's going off on Jordan Poole? How much does his shit drop when Clay comes back? Oh, man. He's gone. He's gone. He's He's getting traded. He's gone. Yeah, for a center, for sure. Good on Jordan Poole for getting his trade value up, but nah, it's not lasting. Not lasting at all. Dude, he's literally the Devontae Graham on Golden State. Man, I still like Graham. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, though. Like, it doesn't matter how much he's going to go off. 
It's replaceable. <laughs> it's expendable. It's like, yeah, you yeah. know, you, you could drop 40 points, but yeah, Clay's coming back. So you might average like 20 minutes down the stretch. But good job, man. We'll give you a little pat on the head. Good job. It's a nice little run, kid. We'll send you to the magic for a fucking three-year contract. <laughs> Dude, it's like how we valued Wiggins the last three years. It's like, yeah, he's good, but when's he getting traded? <laughs> ah, the guy who's averaged like 21 through six years. <laughs> yeah, still not good enough for people. Yeah, just get rid of him. But you know what's going to happen? Golden State's going to go on a run. What if uh, New Orleans goes on a run? That's a matchup nightmare. Ingram, JV, Zion. Oof. Or there's another matchup nightmare for them. The Terminator, Kawhi. He comes oh, back. Better watch Kawhi. out. He's going to christen their new arena by making it <laughs> tears everywhere for them again. Hey, man, he's he's made a lot of people cry. He hasn't made Curry cry, so. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, the Clippers, right, where do you think they'll finish by the end of the year, Alino? Seventh place. Then Kawhi yeah, comes back like, at the right time. Picture fucking, oh, just picture, I don't want to say Utah. I feel so bad for them. Picture they run into Utah. <laughs> or like a team like that that just, just fucking, it could be Phoenix, I don't know, but we'll see. And then Kawhi comes back the right time, and they just fuck them up in six or seven games. PG, Kawhi, all comes together. And then the other team's just like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? <laughs> time for the rebuild. Dude, this comes back. Dude, this goes back to two years ago when we used to talk about Utah. Yeah, they're good. They're not winning shit. But they're good, though. They're good. Ah, so <laughs> that's the best you could say. They're good, but that's it. They're not winning anything. <laughs> dude, it, ha- it has to happen every year. Like, the West in NBA is ridiculous. Re- it's just so stacked. Like the second seed, unless you're Golden State, like they the seventh seed could easily walk in and win. Like Paul George, even him, like there's nights where I see him play and it's like, holy shit, you're a problem. Like you get 45 points, nine threes, three quarters in, and you guys are up by 17. Like, and there's no one else there. So if Paul George is doing that some games by himself, and like Kawhi comes back a hundred percent, absolutely they're gonna probably beat out one of those teams. But I don't see the Pelicans beating Golden State. Sorry, Alino. It was worth a try. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it I want to see TV though do well. Obviously, of course, man. Guy's been balling. It was close last year. When was it? Memphis going in? Who did they play in that? Uh, was it Golden State? Uh, Golden State, I think, lost. They didn't make the playoffs. Oh, yeah, they, they lost to the Memphis. Lakers. And then Memphis, I think, played San Antonio, or San Antonio lost too. It was going to be DeMar versus uh, Valanchunas. We didn't get to see it because San Antonio No, I, I, I think it was Golden State-Memphis, man, in the final game, and Memphis won. Oh, and beat them out. All right. Because I remember everyone was furious. That Curry didn't make it. Like this guy dropped. This guy averaged thirty-two points, and they don't make it. It's like, yeah, well, shit happens. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want? Stephen Adams shut him down, or JV shut him down last year. Whatever. There's um, but there's a lot of good examples here. Like if the Lakers get it together late, what if they oh, finish yeah. in the seventh or eighth seed? And like, what? that's kind of bullshit. Like the Nuggets are out of the playoffs right now. Trailblazers are always there. What do you? Uh, <laughs> Chris, you specifically. I want to ask you about the Timberwolves. <laughs> yes, oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it they're, they're, they're in the mix. Like, they're usually 
usually you still need another month or so before it spreads out. But you know what? This far into the season and they're still in it, I'm bringing them up. Can Towns and Edwards get them into the fucking playoffs? Dude, they're for real. It's finally, I think, okay, they're not contenders yet, but it's finally coming together. Because Towns and D'Lo and, you know, you have those, like even Levine in the past, like you had a lot of guys and it didn't gel. But then you draft a guy like Anthony Edwards and this guy, holy shit, he's a problem. Dude, there's I I don't want to I don't want to you know pump his tires to the point where you guys start laughing, but there are nights he looks like LeBron. There are nights he looks like LeBron. He care. There was one game this year he dropped forty two points, and their team was down twenty three, and they came back and won. So to me, when I look at a lot of players in the league, it's like okay. So this is what I'm going to say here. So pretend there's a heart trophy in the NBA. And you look at all the teams, Anthony Edwards, man, when you think of value to your team, he's up there. He's like, and I don't know if you guys are going to laugh. I really don't know what to expect here. But like the Timberwolves to me are lowest, like 10th seed in the in the West this year. The way that Edwards has been playing, the way that Towns has been playing, the way that D'Lo has been playing. Vanderbilt's looking great. Nas Reed. I thought this guy wouldn't even be in the NBA. This guy's been absolutely incredible. So I love the short shorts on him. Yeah, That's yeah. My guy, gotta, you, got, you gotta love that look. But <laughs> I mean, dude, Edwards is that good. He like a lot of people last year saying, yeah, you know, he only averaged that many because Towns was out. But when Towns came back, he was still arguably the number one option. And this year, good God. I mean, I don't think D'Lo has ever been this irrelevant on a team like that's how good Edwards is and I'm not discrediting D'Lo but D'Lo is not as good as Edwards so Anthony Edwards is the main reason why they're in that position hey you know what he's a personality too he's fucking funny like (laughs) the league needs more guys like that like you remember um the the matchup against Miami, him and Butler going at it. Oh yeah, like there's cool. not there's not many highlights in the Timberwolves in the last few years that I can pinpoint. That's one of them. That's cool. I want to see that. this guy's a young star in the league. I love it. Yeah, another thing too, Aldino. I'll ask you this question because <clears throat> I thought I thought I was wrong, but is it safe to say that Edwards, as of right now, because I know you're a big Lamelo Ball guy. But is it safe to say that he is the number one pick, or would you take Lamelo over Edwards? Oh, are you fucked? I'm taking the big baller brand. <laughs> <laughs> you see what you see what he's done in Charlotte, and what Edwards has done in Minnesota. Minnesota, that team should be ashamed, man. They had all those guys. You had Levine. You had Towns. You had Wiggins. Then you got uh, Butler in the mix there. Before that, like. That's a joke that they couldn't even do anything with that. And now you have Edwards, and they should be doing that because Carl Anthony Towns has been in the league forever. You go look at Charlotte, that team was a joke. Uh, MJ needed to get things together. He looked at a young stud. He pretty much stole him. And now look what happened in Charlotte. Nice things. Couldn't have happened to a nicer guy like MJ. He was a good teammate. I don't know what everyone's saying that he wasn't a good teammate before. Clearly motivated his guys. What a great person. And just rubbing <laughs> <laughs> on Lamelo, <laughs> so yeah, I think Lamelo. I would take him still first, but uh, it's really close because 
you're probably going to see Minnesota in the playoffs surprise people, kind of like what Utah did when uh, Mitchell came in the league and they surprised a few teams. So if that there's a comparable, I'll probably say Utah. Okay, so would you compare them right now more to like an Atlanta last year or like a Knicks of last year? Probably more the Knicks because I'm not expecting them to win yet. But like Atlanta had more pieces around them. With Minnesota, you have Edwards you're relying on too much. I think it's going to bite them at the end, kind of like what the Knicks did this year, last year. The kid still is 20, right? Yeah, dude, he's a kid. Yeah, yeah he's, he's young. One year in. But, uh, man, LaMelo's still a kid, too, and he can fucking drag Charlotte to the playoffs. So, Alino, same question to you. By the end of the year, because they're also in ninth place, do you think the Hornets will make the playoffs? I think the Hornets have a better chance. Uh, maybe to eight seed it, yeah, because they got Gordon Hayward. If he gets his shit together and stays off the IR, I know that how hard that is. If there's ever a load management situation that needs to happen, it's Gordon Hayward. Wrap him up in bubble wrap before, like three weeks before the end of the season. Tell him to sit up in the press box, just work out lightly, and uh, they should make it. But that's a good mix they have, especially with Rozier. I don't think anyone was really expecting him to do what he did coming from the Celtics, so. I think they have more of a mix of players that play the similar style that helps. In Minnesota, it's like three guys that don't play the same way, and you got them gelled together with a rookie and a sophomore season on another side of that. So it's probably tougher for Minnesota. This team is fun. I mean, yeah, man. I'll go. Really, uh, yeah, yeah, take it, man. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. No, no, they're not. They're fun. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, they're a fun team. Like, you got Kelly Oubre who can – go off sometimes like Lamelo ball the other night holy shit was it last night against milwaukee or two nights ago holy shit that was a fun game man this guy 36 points nine assists three steals one block like Lamelo is money he's he's primetime tv like he's that good um we're gonna look back at the 2020 draft man and it's it's special like Lamelo and uh and anthony edwards like those two guys Jesus, like they're valuable to their team. And Miles Bridges, too. I don't think he's as good without LaMelo Ball. Um, P.J. Washington's another guy, too, where there's some nights he'll fail the stat sheet, and then there's other nights he's invisible. But I think uh, Alino said it spot on. If Gordon Hayward is going, they're easily a playoff team. They're easily I, – I put them right there with teams like Boston, the Knicks, Atlanta. Like they're right there. The thing with uh, Edwards and LaMelo, they're both – they're both box office. Like they're not the best players in the league, but they're guys that when I look at, I'm like, oh fuck, Charlotte's playing. I will go pay to see Lamelo Ball, just him. Yep. So uh, to Alino's point, Lamelo changed that whole fucking organization <laughs> for the better. MJ knows what he's doing <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah, I think they made a. I thought they made a terrible move at first when they swapped. They got rid of Graham for Rozier. I'm like, they fucked up. And then Rozier just immediately went off. Hayward's been healthy, so bubble wrapping him a month before is a brilliant idea. And yeah, your boy, Miles Bridges. Like, everything's just coming together. Yeah. What else we got here in the NBA? I was going to say, um, what do you guys think about Denver? like their struggles because they're not in the playoffs. Like, do you think it's more like their starters? Like the last 10, they're three and seven. 
So I don't know if it's Jokic and the pressure it's getting to him. I know they don't have MPJ there. But what do you think is going on with Denver? Because last year they still had the injuries, but they came first place. What do you think it is with Denver? I think, uh, think they're relying on Jokic a little too much and guys are just in and out of the lineup. Like Will Barton's had to be the second guy for a lot of the year because Aaron Gordon's been day-to-day and Jamal Murray's on all year. And yeah, so I think they'll get it together, but they're another one of those teams too. If they get into the playing round, into the playoffs, like Jokic and Murray, maybe by the end of the year, they'll fuck you up and they can be a team that can throw you off. So um, yeah, I just think once everyone gets healthy at the right time, uh, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I think they just need Murray back uh, oh, yeah. healthy because those two guys together, I think it's a good mix, and it takes some of the pressure off Jokic. It doesn't have to be so ball-dominant in this paint and and that center position. You can have Murray spread things out, open up space. So I think if there's an injury that really ruins things for them, it's Murray, and I think maybe if like if he's out like for the entire year, like he doesn't come back earlier, I think – Denver might be missing the playoffs this year, but it could be a good thing because then they get a good draft pick. Another point guard can come in, and you can keep Gordon Hay or not Gordon Hayward, Aaron Gordon, uh, in another position for another year, and come back next year with a stronger offense. So it's probably the best thing that they miss the playoffs this year. Yeah, I guess that's a at least that, that I think for basketball. I don't know if you guys have anything else to add to that. I think I'm good. Uh, but what else are we doing today? Are we touching hockey? Wrestling? What are we doing? The Leafs. <laughs> the Leafs coming off an 8-3 to three win. Our boy Austin Matthews shaves the mustache and gets the hattie. So, uh, Pinello, what's been going on with the Leafs? They've probably been the best they've ever been. Even better than last year, taking on all those crappy – Canadian teams. That's what I mean. That's what most of the media said. I didn't say that. But um, what? Just what are your overall thoughts on the Leafs, man? The last month and a half, they've been rolling. Yeah, everything's just uh, everyone's getting hot at the right time. I'll start with Matthews there. Like he's a streaky fucking goal scorer. He was just kind of for his standards. He was just kind of floating around stat wise, and then he's just kind of going off now, and he's scoring like fucking crazy. And Marner's still producing at a high level. Nylander, to me, consistently, has been my favorite all year. Uh, He's been my absolute favorite. Man, Jack Campbell, you could arguably put him up for the Vesna. Everything for the Leafs is just clicking. The month of November has been my favorite fucking month in, like, 15 years of watching this team. Yeah, look at William Nylander, 10 goals. That's a guy who's earning his pay right now. It's looking like a steal. So uh, if Nylander keeps rolling and our boy Mitchie keeps rolling and Spezza keeps rolling, Matthews keeps scoring, Tavares on another level right now, playing Unreal this year, you know what? The Leafs can finally make some noise. And uh, we'll have to hear everybody talk about guys being overpaid and not producing to their standards because the four guys that are making the most money on the team are the guys that are making the, or scoring the most amount of points. So it's a good thing for the Leafs right now. Yeah, I mean, another guy that I still think to this day does not get enough love is Kerfoot. I'm pretty sure he's got about 15 points too, low-key, and he's been playing his role perfectly. Third, third, second line consistently. Um, 
there were a lot of guys last year, the off season, they said Kerfoot's probably the guy out and he's been playing his role perfectly. Another guy that I, I got to bring up, of course, is Michael Bunting. Guy has nine points in his last five games, 17 points on the year. I'll start with Pinello. Um, are you more surprised with Bunting's production or are you more surprised with Kerfoot? Oh, Bunting for sure. Um, yeah, just because the points stand out. I don't, I don't know if he was that kind of guy, but if you're playing with Maddie and Mitchie, you're probably going to get the chances. He's, um, he plays with heart, man. He's a fucking grinder. He always finishes his checks. He gets in front. Yeah, he's a, he's a poor man, Zachy. So I'm loving Bunting so far. Yeah, I love Bunting, the way he's been playing. Uh, it's reminding everybody of Zachy in the good old days. Uh, good pro, uh, playing well. So right now it's working. I know obviously as a year goes on, he's going to have his struggles, his fair share of bad nights where everyone's saying, yeah, he should be on the fourth line. He's playing above uh, his standards. But for right now it's working. And if anything, as the year goes on and uh, if Bunting starts struggling, can always move him down the lineup. And there's a guy in the AHL right now that you can move up perfectly, Josh Hosang, and right there back with go. the Islanders boy, John Tavares. So uh, I think they're keeping that. They're monitoring that situation. And I won't be surprised if Josh Hosang doesn't make a, a nice little run in the NHL as a year goes on. I'm looking forward to that because when it comes to predictions, Alino is the number one guy for that. So I'm going to look forward to Hosang when he comes up. I know he's going to score in his first game because Alino said it. So it's going to happen. Um I was going to say this because they were, you know, they've been experimenting Bunting and Richie on the top line for majority of the year. Why do I know like it's crazy to say cuz you have to p- kind of put the big guy there, but why do you guys believe that they don't put Kerfoot in those opportunities? Cuz sometimes I look at him and he could do almost as much as a guy like like a Willie in terms of not obviously Willie's the more puck dominant player, but there's a lot of times when I see Kerfoot and the stuff he can do, like he's scratching top six forward, especially on this team. And I mean, obviously he's better than Bunting and Richie when it comes to like shift per shift basis. But do you guys believe at any point we'll see Kerfoot on the top line, maybe closer to the deadline to boost his, his uh, maybe his value, or do you see him sticking specifically on the second, third line, or maybe the third line for majority of the year? Uh, see him mainly on that second, third line. Uh, he could play top, but I think it's more of like a matchup thing. They want more of uh, maybe a physical guy with Matthews and Marner. That's kind of how it's been the last couple of years or so. So I think he absolutely could, but just for guys to get in the corner and dig the puck out, they probably want a guy like Bunting there. So a lot of good problems for this top six. Yeah, I agree. I think it also helps Jason Spezza that he's on those bottom pairings because then Spezza can have some more room to get creative. And if he's playing with Richie and Simmons one night and then another night he's playing with uh, Bunting and Simmons and they move everything around, I think if you put Kerfo with those guys, it might help everything out and you'll have balanced lineup, like more of a balanced lineup aside from that top six pairing. Because I know if you put Kerfo there, you're going to have to move Bunting down and You'll have Bunting, Richie, like, creates problems, at least with uh, Kerfoot, evens everything out down there, spread the ice time around, give another guy a look, like a Richie with Matthews or a Richie with Tavares, see how they play together, and then you have another line rolling. So 
can have more than just one line rolling week after week. That was uh, yeah, yeah. Now, because I was gonna say, uh, I was looking at Colorado yesterday, and like you look at their stat, the standings, they're eleven seven and one. You know, McKinnon's been injured for quite a bit of it. Is this gonna be one of those teams that the second half of the year, like they're gonna be at a completely different level, or do you see them kind of? leveling out as maybe like a fourth seed in the West. Ah, take it, buddy. I think regardless, they're still going to be a tough team to beat. As long as they make the playoffs, they'll still have a chance because you got Nate McKinnon there. You have Kyle McCarr, the guy over there on the defensive end. You got Devin Toes. Uh, <laughs> you, got, <laughs> you got Gerard. So I, you got a lot of guys there that can uh, really help your team out. Especially like having a guy like McCarr helps things a lot on the power play. So if you have him there and net, you have Kemper, who I feel I still think is one of the best goalies in the league. Uh, <laughs> Your boy, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> like if he's playing at a hundred percent, we saw what he did in Arizona. Like this guy, you put him on a team like Colorado, I think they'll probably benefit from that in the playoffs. But right now, it's just about keeping every guy, every guy healthy, happy. And uh, making sure no one wants to get traded. That's probably the best thing they can do right now. Yeah, um, I think this team's going to win the division by the end of the year. And, uh, yeah, I think they're going to fucking heat up big time. Nate the Great, Nazim the Dream. It's all coming together, boys. We're going to see them in the finals. Yeah, and Valerie Nishushkin. <laughs> Can't forget him. Guy's a legend. Oh, my guy. I compared him to fucking Rick Nash coming out of the draft. Then he went to the KHL. There you go. Sometimes it doesn't pan out, but you know what? He's back. He's on the team. That's what it's all about, man. He's there. But uh, I got one yeah. more thing to add. The the Hart Trophy. We Are we going to just talk about McDavid Dreisaitl all year? or How about uh, Ovechkin? Does he uh, – because right now I think I have him winning the Hart Trophy. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he's 36 years old. Has anyone else – Won the hard trophy at 36. Uh, fucking Wayne or Lemieux, probably. Holy. Yeah, guy's goaded. <laughs> guy's guy's <laughs> goaded. We were saying before the pod started, this guy's got 19 goals. Holy shit, man. Are you kidding me? Like, Alino, I got to pass this to you now because you put up that little picture of Kuzi before. Did you think Kuznetsov would be well over a point a game this year? Because I definitely did not. I, I thought he was I on the way out. Be, yeah, I thought he'd be in Arizona right now, putting up like 10 points right now. <laughs> so the fact that he's there, they made it work. Uh, cooler heads prevailed there, let's say. Uh, yeah, it's a surprise. But Washington, I think the most surprising thing was just the way they're playing. Like Mantha there, I thought that was a amazing trade. A lot of people were saying, oh, yeah, keep Verana. It didn't really do anything, but it, you added Manta to that mix. I think he's a perfect fit for Washington and helps Ovechkin along, helps Kuznetsov, Backstrom when he's healthy. So it evens out the team, gives another big body, and now you're seeing Ovechkin right now, what he's able to do out there. It's crazy. Uh, I think there, there's only three options for that. Uh, if Ovi gets like 55 to 60 goals, you have to give it to him. If not, you have to give it to Drysidler or McDavid. Yeah, I don't know how he's not in the heart conversation, but I also think he needs to be drug tested by the end of the year. 
ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so it's starting to get to that point. We know he's great, but it's like, okay, man, hey, come on. You're 36. Shouldn't be doing this. Is, is he your winner, though? Is he your heart winner? Oh, right now for sure, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, because we know McDavid, and like they do that every year. And like yeah. that's that's the lazy option. So like, yeah, okay, we'll give it to McDavid. It's like we know he's the best player in the league, but like Ovi, like I again, I said it earlier in the year, and I don't know if you disagreed with. Said that Washington going into this year was a bubble team. I didn't think they were going to be top three in the division. You know, with the Rangers coming up hot, Philly, I thought would be a lot better with the the. Acquisitions they had in the offseason. Carolina, obviously. The freaking Islanders are there. <laughs> so it was finally. It's going to be the kind of, oh, nope, nope, we'll there. But in that division, he's absolutely the heart winner. It's not even a question at this point. So um, if you had to give like some honorable mentions other than Mick David and Drysidle, who else has really impressed you? For the Hart Trophy? Yeah, I mean, like not – Yeah, like maybe – Because, yeah, I mean, I, I like McDavid and Drysaddle to me are yeah. – I got to put Kadri in there. <laughs> it's funny oh, as that's – I got to put Kadri in there. Dude, the guy's been a monster all year. Like he's putting up – he put up 20 points in his last nine games. Like you have to put him in there. If Kadri's not rolling, they're probably – bottom five in the league right now, even now with McK- – obviously they're not going to finish bottom five, but if Kadri wasn't going off, who's going off? New hook? Like, no, there's no one else really there. So, I mean, Kadri's a big part of, you know, them kind of staying above 500. I, I got to give my roses to Jack Campbell. Uh, he's been an absolute freak all year. Yaka uh, Markstrom, he's a guy that I think if he keeps this up, he could do what – Maybe Carey Price did in 2014. He could arguably win the Hart Trophy and the Vesna. I mean, I know it's a little far-fetched because his name is Jacob Markstrom. but He's having a year. Yeah, he's having a freaking year, man. Yeah, uh, John Tavares and Jack Campbell, those are my two. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Mr. Pinello? Who is uh, Who you got in that list? You got Troy Terry there? <laughs> Oh, that guy's – no, you know what? You know what I think of every time I hear that name. I'm not bringing him up. So, uh, <laughs> you know what? We were talking about him a little before. <laughs> if the fucking Minnesota Wild. <laughs> Caprasov, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> I mean, why not? He's the I don't. I didn't expect them to be where they are. I thought they'd be more of a bubble team. He'd be the reason why I tune in. But at the same time, if he gets 80, 90-something points – and they're in a good spot. Sure, fuck, give them some love. I Is like it looking it. like an overpay now? <laughs> yeah, man, fuck them. <laughs> I remember when he signed that contract. Wow, it took 50 games for him to get 9 mil. All right, let's wait and see. And look what this guy's been doing. We were laughing about Minnesota's team last year. They're in first right now. Can't believe that. Ryan Hartman's going to get 35 goals. Does he have the um, Does he have the hearts of all Minnesota fans now? Did he take Gabrick's place? In that Easily, spot? easily. Yeah. Oh yeah. Even after his one year and two months, really, am I the only one who thinks this? Yeah, oh, like to take Gabrick's too. To take Gabrick's spot? No, 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 no. But like, I mean, he's well on his way there. <laughs> oh yeah, I love it. If we're If we're putting him in the heart 
conversation already, then yeah, he's probably there. But nah, I mean, it's like uh, it's like Sundin in Toronto. That's Gabarik and Mini. Like, there's gonna be fans that just melt over Gabarik anytime he's in and around Minnesota. So for now, I'll say no. I'll say there's gonna be no one that's bigger than Gabarik when you think of Minnesota. But they're they've had their fair share of guys that have cut it close, like. Like uh, Miko Koivu, obviously being the captain for so long. Devin Dubnik having his runs. Parise and Suter, but Gabrick, yeah, like he's he's the Matt Sundin in Minnesota. But Kaprasov is now the Matthews in Minnesota, so he's the next in line. So that's how I compare them. These guys with the names. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just remember because um, Minnesota was so. Like the most, nothing's really changed to me. They're the most mediocre team in history. And whenever I think of the Wild, I would just think of Gabrick right away. I'm like, yeah, that's the fucking guy. So, <laughs> so yeah. It's about it, yeah. Boop. Good part today. Oh, boys, we got to just touch on something interesting here in the wrestling world. Let's go. Because there was something, uh, there's a big return. Edge made his return to Raw. And usually Raw is a completely fucking horrible show. Waste of three <laughs> hours. But you know what? They actually did something. They progressed a story here. And uh, last week on AEW, CM Punk and uh, MJF had a little bit of a back and forth. And uh, CM Punk called them uh, just a less famous Miz, which uh, got the Miz trending. And who do we see make his return right away on Raw? The Miz. And now him and Edge. Looks like they're going to have a big feud uh edge even talked about saying that some guys have to mention him just to get a cheap pop on another show what do you think of this pairing now in uh wwe <laughs> started off first of all i want to say maurice looks freaking unreal for having two kids holy shit good job on mike there but uh i'm not surprised raw needs the miz wwe needs the miz edge needs the Miz because Edge has kind of been in limbo. He's a guy that, you know, you look at every feud he's been in since coming back has he's hit. It's been a home run every single feud, but man, he, he takes his, he takes his breaks. And I think this is the perfect feud moving forward. You know, the Miz uh, getting injured. He was the former WWE champion. A lot of people forget that he was the champ in February. So um, obviously the momentum, you know, it's switched up onto Bobby Lashley and then we know what happened ever since. But if there's one guy that I think can bounce back right away and go right back up into the WWE title picture, it's the guy right over there rocking all that beautiful attire with Maurice. And I think the Miz and Edge, I don't know if it's going to be at that, uh, that new pay-per-view that it, what's it called? One, I don't know what it's called. Day Something one. like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, I, I feel like. That could be the match of the night. Uh, Edge, the way he's been rolling, he's, what, 48, 49 years old, something like that. He's still going. Um, but The Miz, to me, this is the most intriguing program right now on on all of television, and it had to come on Raw, so thank God. This is, uh, this is pretty good timing, yeah. They both need each other, but I think WWE needs both of them. This was a nice little retaliation from the MJF and uh, – CM Punk fucking 25-minute battle of words over there. So Miz is adorable thinking he can go up against Edge, though, eh? Yeah, he's a oh, funny man. guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's not better than Edge on the mic. There's no way. Never will be. Oh, there's uh, 
they were shooting back and forth. Uh, some excited, like funny stuff there when Edge was talking about his career and Miz with a little clap back. How, yeah, remember WrestleMania 27? You jerked the curtain while I main evented with John Cena and beat him. Yeah, so that was awesome. Line right there. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> People forget that. They forget that the Miz main evented a WrestleMania, even though it was one of the worst. They, it's, still, it's, it's, st- it's still there. He's with still the rock. there. With The Rock, too. First from match back. From Tough Good. Enough and uh, what, what was it? The Real World? Oh, yeah. Good on Michael. Fucking Fear Factor. Any reality show this guy was on, made the most of it, goes to WWE. Fucking, what was it? He was a host of SmackDown when he was Total in the crowd yeah. and they just planted him there. Pooh, introducing well. the next segment <laughs> and now he's in a program with edge i think uh it's finally getting people to give him some more respect and uh good for him dude i'm not gonna lie i've been cheering this guy for a long time and it pisses me off seeing how many people are finally realizing how freaking great he is doesn't matter what he does like Looking back, remember when it was Shane and, and the Miz at Mania and everyone's cheering for the Miz? It's like, nah, nah, you guys are all, you guys, you're not Miz fans. You're not Miz fans at all. You're just doing this. You don't really like him. doesn't matter. This guy has been money since, like, since the pipe bomb, since what he did with um, with Daniel Bryan at, on Talking Smack. He's arguably been WWE's MVP. He's right up there with guys like Roman, Drew McIntyre, over that six five six year span so the Miz is absolutely important to the company edge is absolutely important you guys both you know mentioned it i think this feud has wwe title implications behind it so we got to wait and see what happens after but i'm going to make a bold prediction one of these two guys will be the wwe champion by maybe next june oh so wrestlemania one of them is getting that opportunity you think I see it. I see it happening. Boom. You know what I see? I'm going to you know I'm going to make the prediction now because they both kind of did it at the same time. I think we're going to see Edge versus Seth Rollins for the WWE title. <laughs> Seth is making his way up there. He is. He is with that drip and that laugh and that entrance solid. And hey, Becky know what they're doing. Oh yeah. They know. <laughs> well uh Something other thing is uh, happening uh, on SmackDown. Brock Lesnar is coming back tomorrow night. Could be getting another title shot. So it looks like they're fast tracking instead of having it uh, like later going into WrestleMania. It looks like they're going to do Lesnar versus Roman possibly at that day one pay per view. So if they free up Bork, do you think we see him go over to Raw and have a big match with Bobby Lashley, or do you think that it's still early for that one? Yeah, that's still too early for me. I want to see them milk that and take their time with that because that's that's kind of been years in the making at this point. I think that's kind of – I don't know if that was the reason why Bobby came back, but that was kind of the rumble in the beginning. So I don't want them to rush that on an impulsive decision. They got to milk that shit big time. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of – if they were to do that, it reminds me of Randy and Brock where – I thought when they did that match, it was going to be a lot bigger, like a bigger deal, but it kind of wasn't. So I don't want them to go down the same route that they did with Randy and Brock. Kind of learn from that, wait it out as they're doing, I think. And I think that match will be absolutely astronomical. Two 
big slabs of meat just beating the shit out of each other. Vince will be going crazy in the back there. Um, but in terms of him getting another title shot, I think it's imminent, obviously. He's going to come back tomorrow. Because even do, like, what was it, Sami Zayn last week, he became the number one contender. And the first thing they say, not, oh, congrats, <laughs> Sami. It's, it's oh, by the way, Brock is suspensions lifted. <laughs> and if I'm Sami Zayn, I say, well, I don't give a fuck about Brock Lesnar. I'm the number one contender now. Who cares? But the fact that they had to say that, it's like, yeah, Brock is basically the number one contender. And he's going to face Roman Reigns. And I see Roman Reigns losing. I think it's finally over. I think Brock's going to win the title based on what we saw on SmackDown. Remember what uh, Roman said, Alino? Brock is the biggest loser. As soon as he said that, I'm like, ah, it's over. His reign's done. It's over. Brock's winning the title. He's going to face Drew at WrestleMania. And I'm going to have deja vu all over again after Drew McIntyre blows a kiss into the camera to close WrestleMania. Cool. <laughs> so kill Paul him returns. <laughs> nah, it's going to be boring, man. It's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Drew. Brock's going to be the heel. Drew's going to be the face. And it's just going to be a clean win for Drew because, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I was kind of pissed when they did that Sami Zayn thing. So good on them because Jeff Hardy, brother Nero, he had that thing won. And then Sami comes in and throws him over. When Jeff thought he won that, do you think uh, we'll eventually see Jeff versus Roman, or will they not go on with that program at all? I think they could. Uh, I don't know if they'll take it seriously, though. Like I think they'll give Jeff a program with Roman, and they'll give him a shot. But I don't see him actually being a threat to win. But in terms of Jeff getting that spotlight, though, and I think he will be there for sure. Is he going to win? Fucking no chance. <laughs> Yeah, you, 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 hey, Alina, remember what they did with Cesaro like a couple months ago? Oh, yeah, yeah. just insert Jeff Hardy and do the same thing because that's what they're going to do. So, yeah, uh, he, he'll probably get maybe one shot. He'll go on a little bit of a hot streak. All the fans will be behind him, but nah, Roman will just bury him, and that's about it. So, nah, I love Jeff Hardy. Um, you know, when he won the world title way back in 08, that was – I mean, I never thought he was going to win the WWE title – I don't think he's going to win it now, but I do still think a lot of fans and the fan base that's behind him will get him into that spot at some point. But, nah, he's not winning. No way. He's the best guy. Well, uh, you know what? One thing I just have to mention here before we go off, because I think it's perfect. Uh, There was a podcast uh, that just recently started, and uh, this gentleman said – he's an older gentleman, but he did say – uh, that he was interested in maybe wrestling again. And there's a guy that they're talking about that for a po- possible opponent in Israel, it's Ric Flair. <laughs> and oh my uh, God. there's a match apparently in the works that they want to do, Ric Flair <laughs> versus Sammy Guevara. Uh, I don't know how real that would be, but also, Ric Flair is a free agent, and Sammy Guevara is a TNT champion where they like to do the open challenge. Uh, could we see Ric Flair <laughs> answer an open challenge on an episode of Dynamite and wrestle Sammy Guevara for the title? You brought it up. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> He's, what, 71? Oh, this is guy now. Look at the size of his ears. That's how you know you're old. Look how big his ears are. Jesus. This guy... 
Alino, when you sent the video in the chat and he was trying, he couldn't even say his last name. He did it like three attempts. Like Sammy Gavuga. Yeah, he just looks so out of it. Like this guy's 70, he's going to get back in the ring and take on this young fucking stud. I think it's more of a challenge for Sammy Guevara. Oh my God. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. Flair's going to take a backdrop. <laughs> I, I didn't know. Uh, Alino, when he came back in TNA, that blew my fucking mind. This is 12 oh, years later. <laughs> guy... I think he's Holy looking shit. at Sting. He's seeing, you know what? This guy's a truck. Let's see if I can get in there and do the same thing. But I think people are going to realize there's only one Sting. And uh, it's not as easy as it looks, especially with someone with a hard, hard life. Um, we'll put it that way. Uh, but yeah, it's going to put him to the test, I think. I think he can do a five-star classic. No biggie. Oh, man. I don't. I don't think so. No five stars. Man, five star for entertainment, but not five star match. Absolutely not. He's probably seeing all the old guys out there, and he's getting motivated. And he's like, "Yeah, I can. I can come back and do this." But we're like, "Nate, you're you're a different story. You can't. You got to relax." Yeah, Nate, you're like ten years past all the guys that are coming back after being gone for ten years. So you're you're like you're like twenty years. It's like a twenty year return. Like it's just too much. Too long, man. You can't. I uh, it can't fuck. I can't wait to fucking see him though on Wednesday night because like, like let's be real. One hundred percent. You know what's gonna happen? Ric Flair's gonna get in the ring, and as soon as that match airs on TNT, ring ring ring. Vince McMahon's gonna answer the phone. How you doing, brother? Guess who can wrestle again? It's Hulk Hogan. Boom. <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> Dude, if there's anyone that would do it, it is Vince McMahon. <laughs> like he's that he's that psychotic. Be like, oh, you, you did a match with Sammy. All right, uh, how about uh, some main event WrestleMania against Triple H? <laughs> he knows what's going on. He's paying attention. Oh, that was, a, that was a fun. We start off with JV, end off with Ric Flair. <laughs> this is a great episode. <laughs> Talk a little about about Nas, you know. <laughs> it's a great episode today. We're everywhere. Oof. <laughs> Gotta fucking love it. Alino, take it away, buddy. Yeah, that was uh, episode 158. Stick around because we'll be back with next week's episode 159.